Yes, it's Facebook. FaceTime's the thing on the phone. Uh, you'll, uh, I'll show you my ignorance if I keep talking about all this social media stuff, so I'll stop. But in any event, that's what we're attempting to do, is just fine-tune our sound here and uh, out there. Esther chapter number two in our Bible, Esther chapter number four, sorry, in our Bibles this morning. Esther chapter number four, and I want to ask you by way of introduction to do something here. I want to ask you to take maybe a pen and a piece of paper if you have one. Maybe you take the uh, back side of the bulletin where it says notes there. And uh, I want to ask you to write a couple things. If you don't have a pen and paper, maybe you can write these things in your mind, okay? You can write these things in your mind. What I want you to do first of all is to write your name. This is just for you, so when I ask you for the second thing, nobody's going to see this, all right, unless they look over your shoulder. And put your date of birth on it, your name and your date of birth. And then I want to ask you to put your place of birth on it, your place of birth, and uh, get you thinking just a little bit here. And then I want to ask you to do this. Uh, put your current address on there, your current address. And then under all of that, I want you to write this three-letter word, Y. Y. W-H-Y. I want to preach a message entitled, Fulfilling Your... Such a time as this. And I want to help answer that question. Why maybe in this message, fulfilling your, of course, if you're taking notes, you could write fulfilling my such a time as this. Let's review our theme together. It's on the wall behind me here. God is at work in such a time as this. Can we say it together? God is at work in such a time as this. And we find ourselves in chapter number four, where we'll spend some time looking at our theme verse, uh, which you see there uh, behind me, and uh, I want to call your attention to it by way of introduction. Let's just uh, follow along as I read verse number 14 of Esther chapter number 4. The Bible says this, these are a message of Mordecai to Esther, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's bow and ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. Lord, we love you, and Lord, we need you. Lord, you know each one of us here that's gathered together this morning, and you know the needs that each one has. Lord, I pray that you would take truth, and by the power of your Spirit, you'd communicate to our hearts. Lord, I pray, as the teens sang, that we would trust and obey. Lord, we would allow you to use us to make a difference now in the world in which we live. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Two weeks ago, last week, we had Brother Palmer here. Uh, we ended our study with the leadership of Shushan having a drink, possibly having a meal, and the city was perplexed. As a matter of fact, look at chapter 3 and verse number 15. The Bible says this, The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan, the palace. And the king and Haman sat down to drink, probably had a meal, uh, 
but the city Shushan was perplexed. The city was filled with uncertainty because of the law that was passed that the Jews would be killed. Commentators speculate that maybe there was perhaps 15, as many as 15 million Jews that were scattered throughout the Persian Empire. Mordecai, God's servant, uh, immediately upon hearing the news, the scripture tells us that he fasted. Look at verse number 1 of chapter number 4. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out in the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. It was Mordecai, in verse number 14, that we saw that challenged Esther to fulfill the call of God in such a time as this. Let me ask you by way of introduction, why did God create you on the date that he created you? Why were you born where you were born? Why did God save you? Why did God take you from the place of birth and move you to where you are right now to where you live in 2024? Why does God have you at Victory Baptist Church? You see, Mordecai had to remind Esther that God had her in the palace in Shushan, in that time, because God had a job for her to do. Can I remind you this morning, before we look at the Word of God, that God created you. Every one of us is made in the image of God. God created us, and God has us here for such a time as this. God saved you. But he didn't, if you're saved this morning, I think probably the most of us are, but he didn't save you just to take you to heaven. He saved you to use you here on planet earth to fulfill his will in such a time as this, 2024. We live in a nation that has many challenges. You live in a neighborhood work in a community with individuals and shop and interact in an area that has many needs. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we think, hey, I'm going to do my thing and I'm just going to do what I... I like it, by the way, when I hear teenagers, you ask them, you see, where are you going? I believe that God would have me to do this and to do this. Often we make choices because we think this one will profit me. This one will give me the most money. This one will give me the most comfort. This one might allow me to retire at an early age. When the reality is God saved us and God wants to use us to make a difference in 2024. I am convinced that there are some steps that we can take to help each one of us fulfill what God has called us to do in such a time as this. Can I say this? Now is your time. Now is the time for Victory Baptist Church to say, hey, we're going to step up to the plate and we're going to make a difference as God would have us in 2024.
for. I want to ask her this question this morning with our message. I'm not sure we'll get through this all this morning. I hate it because next week I'll be gone, but we'll pick it up in two weeks. Very, very significant verse in verse 14. Mordecai had to remind Esther that maybe that's why God had put her there. And we'll look at that. Here's the question. How can I fulfill my such a time as this? How can I fulfill my such a time as this? I want to give you four steps this morning that I think will help us in determining what is my role in 2024 that God would have for me. Number one, I think it's important, and by the way, this is a very simple outline. It's a very simple outline, and sometimes we need reminded of the simple. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes, see the need. See the need. We've read verse number one. I'll read it again. Mordecai, uh, in the middle of verse one of chapter four, he rent his clothes, put on sackcloth with ashes, went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. Verse two, and came even before the king's gate, for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. Sackcloth was a dark, coarsely woven fabric made from the hair of camel or a goat. Its name comes from being used to carry or store things. The ashes were placed on the body to show sorrow. This was a common practice, especially when someone was grieving or someone saw their issues like they hadn't seen them before. We'll talk a little more tonight concerning Jonah chapter number 3. But you remember when Jonah went to Nineveh and Jonah began to preach and the Ninevites got a hold of the fact that they were wicked sinners. And God was going to send judgment. The Bible says they had sackcloth and ashes. And here's Mordecai, the man of God, that gets the word concerning God's people. He is mourning. He's grieving. He's not afraid, by the way, to let people know that he was a Jew. He says, hey, I'm a Jew, and they want to uh, hurt my people. If you look at verse number 3, the Bible says, In every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting, and weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. It wasn't just Mordecai. It was God's people, the Jews, that heard this decree and recognized that this was a desperate state. And they found themselves mourning. They found themselves fasting. By the way, come back tonight. As I was looking at this passage of Scripture, the Lord impressed upon my heart the need to remind us concerning the importance of fasting. We can see the needs around us, and sometimes that's why we don't find ourselves fasting and praying like we ought, because we don't see the needs around us. So a decree was given. Mordecai, God's man, sees, gets the decree, and he finds himself grieving. The Jews around find themselves grieving. But the Scripture says, and obviously this is a burden here, here of Mordecai, the Scripture tells us that Esther doesn't know anything about it. Verse number four, Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. She was in the palace. She was sheltered as 
often is the case with those in the palace. They're sheltered from what's going on in the real world. She doesn't know the burden. She doesn't know the need. By the way, sometimes it's a problem with God's people today. We're oblivious to what's going on around us. We're not cognizant of the needs of others. Esther wasn't thinking about her such a time because she wasn't aware of the need. I mentioned in Sunday school some of the issues that we're facing here in Pennsylvania. Many of you, I'm sure, are are way on top of the news more than I am. Uh, But I received this email today where our governor is telling the Senate to pass the HB 300 called Fairness Act that was passed in the State House by a vote of 102 to 98. What does the Fairness Act do? It adds sexual orientation to gender identity or expression to the PA Human Relations Act, which covers employment, housing, and public accommodations. That means men who believe they are women would be allowed to use women's facilities. Every employer, including daycares, churches, would be required to hire qualified homosexuals and transgenders if they applied for the job. Open private spaces to men who identify as women. Force Christian-owned businesses to hire. And uh, there are examples of what happened in states in, in such laws as this, you're familiar with Jack Phillips and that situation. The florist in Washington State who refused to provide uh, of flowers. In Bloomsburg 2014, Bloomsburg's PA, a bridal shop, uh, turned away a lesbian couple. As, as a result, their shop was picketed. Activists went to social media and trashed the bridal shop with negative reviews, eventually forcing the shop to close. If HB 300 was on the books at that time, the owners of the shop would have faced discrimination charges and fines. And this is what's happening in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Beyond our state, Planned Parenthood recently released a video aimed at our kids called What is Virginity? And a parent-teacher begins virginity, what it is, and what's the big deal about losing it? It's not that big a deal. She said it's a term that was created simply to control and shame people, mainly women. There's a lot of needs in the, in the, in the uh, state in which we live. Uh, you know that if you, if you interact around us at all. There's a lot of needs, and sometimes we can be oblivious to it. You see, Esther was oblivious to the need. She didn't see the need because she was in the palace. Mordecai came to the king's gate, which is a place where legal transactions would take place. Since he's in sackcloth and ashes, he wouldn't be allowed to enter the palace. He's got to stay outside. And what does Esther do? Well, let's look at what Esther does. Verse 4, Esther and maids and chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved. And she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. What does she do? She tries to give him clothes, change into these clothes so that you can at least come into the gate, maybe come into the palace. And she tries to fix the problem by focusing on the externals. And she really has no idea what the need is. And sometimes people want to try to 
fix the need in the society in which we live by uh, throwing money at it. You know, the real need is Jesus. He's what the world needs. And, and, and when we think about Esther, Esther's sheltered from this. She's in the palace. Now, I'll tell you this. I, I'm for homeschooling. I homeschool, right? But it's easy for us to so hide in the palace and to leave the palace and go to the grocery store and to come home and maybe go to the doctor and come home and we don't see the needs of individuals around us. I think it's important for us if we're going to recognize I have such a time as this. God has something for me to do to make a difference. I think it's important for us to get out there where the needs are. I think it's important to get our children out there for the, see where the needs are. I think it's important to get our kids and round them up and take them soul winning. You say, well, I don't have a burden for souls like I should. Well, let's go out, me and you, <laughs> and let's hit the neighborhoods. And let's see the people that are living out on the streets. Many a time in our travels, we, I remember being in, in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area and, and traveling, uh, driving underneath a highway. It's kind of like a bridge underneath a highway. And here were people laying out. Just That was, that was it. That's where they lived. Of course, I always comment, as a good dad did, hey, kids, look at that. You could, you could be living right there. I, I could be, you know. The reality is I'm never going to get a burden to fulfill my such a time if I don't see the need around me. Esther doesn't see the need. Here, just take these clothes and try to fix it. And Mordecai says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because this is bigger than that. Interesting little, little verse I want you to see. Um, look at verse six, five, verse five. Esther then called Esther for Hatach. Here's a little guy that if we weren't in this story and I asked who he was, many of us would probably say, I have no clue. He's kind of a, what we might call a small player in this story. But the reality is Esther calls him and she says, verse number five, one of the king's chamberlains whom he had appointed to attend upon her and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. She sends him and she says to him, go talk to Mordecai and find out what the deal is. I don't know if he was a Jew or not. He was a trusted, loyal servant to Esther. But his role is really important. You say, why is that? Because this fella is going to find out the secret. Verse 5. She sent him to commandment to Mordecai to know what it was. Verse 6. So attached went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that happened unto him and the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the, for the Jews to destroy them. This guy here, Attach, is a eunuch who worked for Esther. He had to have her loyalty. He would have known and found out, obviously Mordecai's telling people that he's a Jew. He would have known and found out that Esther was a Jew. And very quickly he could have, can I say it this way, he could have blown her cover. But he doesn't do that. Little did he know how important his role was in such a time as this. You see, sometimes we get it in our mind, my such a time, it's, it's got to be this ginormous thing. I mean, I, gotta, 
I got to do something. You know what? Uh, little is much when God is in it. You see, this individual is used to communicate some important message between Mordecai and between Esther. Very interesting. Verse number 7, Mordecai tells him what happened. Verse number 8, he also gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king, and to make supplication unto him, and to make request before him for her people. Ah. You see, Mordecai's position would have probably given him access to the details about the sum of money that was promised, as well as a copy of the decree to give to Esther. Mordecai is entrusting this now to this servant that Esther sent. Esther, you need to deliver your people. Of course, we don't know about much about this guy except what the scripture tells us. Mordecai comes up with a plan. What's his plan? He makes Esther, number one, aware of the need. Here's the problem. Here's the decree. He also challenges her with the idea that she might be the solution. Now let me just stop and ask us this question. What needs do you see around you? Remember Jesus told the disciples, he said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. We'll look at that later. Sometimes as God's people, we can be so fixated and focused on our little world that we don't see the needs around us. And people that God sends our way that we might talk to them about Jesus, we miss. I wonder how many opportunities we miss. I wonder how many people will spend an eternity in hell because we were so in the palace, zoomed in on our own thing and what we have to do that we missed out on the needs that God wants to use us to meet. When is the last time we found ourselves burdened and broken for the needs in other people's lives? You see, yeah, but it's a little uncomfortable to have to talk to somebody that's homeless or have to go to somebody that maybe has some substance issues or somebody that doesn't, you know, they don't have, hey, you know what? God, God wants us to be outside of our comfort zone. And Mordecai says to Esther, Esther, uh, here's the need you got to be aware of. And, and Esther, maybe God wants you to meet the need. And I'm convinced that there are needs in the lives of individuals that we interact with that only we can mean. God puts people in our lives for a purpose. You see, Mordecai had to be reminded. Let, let, me, let me give you a couple thoughts here concerning uh, seeing the need. Maybe you're here this morning and you see, Pastor, I, I, don't, um, I don't have a burden like I should. Let me give you two thoughts. Number one, pray and ask God to show you. The songwriter said this, Open mine eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key 
that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, spirit divine. Ask God, Lord, I don't have a burden like I ought to. Would you open my eyes? Would you give me a burden? And then secondly, if you don't have a burden like you need to, go where the need is. Get out of the palace and go see the needs. Interact and say, hey, I'm going to go to a nursing home. I'm going to go to a rescue mission. I'm going to try to get in and work in the prison. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. We can start by showing up for visitation. I'm going to be part of Outreach Sunday. Hey, I'm going to be part of Saturday because I want to be where God can show me the need and God can break my heart. You know what? I'll tell you one of the best ways to get out of self-pity is to see the needs that other people have that are better than, that are greater than yours. You see somebody that really uh, doesn't have Jesus. Tell you, you got a whole lot better than individuals that don't have Jesus. Get where the need is. Number one, see the need. I have four steps. We'll probably just get to number two. All right. <laughs> number two, search for a promise. I want to show you what's driving Mordecai. What drives Mordecai is what Mordecai knows. Look at verse number 10. Uh, verse 9, Attach comes, tells Esther the words of Mordecai. Verse 10. Esther spake unto Attach, gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's province do know that, was, that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there's one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. Now, Mordecai says, Esther, the Jews are going to be killed, and you're the solution. And Esther, I, I don't think Esther, in this, you can have your own opinion on this. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't think Esther is being rebellious in this case. I think Esther has some legitimate concerns. I want to remind you of somebody <laughs> that maybe was a little more stubborn than Esther, right? But what does Esther say? She says, I got three problems. Here's the three reasons. Number one, this is implied, this is the same king that had Vashti removed for not parading herself in front of the drunken men. Number two issue, as we look at the reason for her fear, the rule was that anyone who, 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 who would appear before the king that wasn't summoned by the king, the punishment, if the king was not happy, didn't hold out his scepter, was death. Number three, number three concern, the king had not summoned her for 30 days. Not being summoned for 30 days probably caused Esther to think he had lost interest in her. Now, let, let me ask you this question. We're talking about the needs around us. Somebody say, hey, you, you know, we got to reach people with the gospel. Sometimes the first thing to come to mind is the reasons that we have why we can't do this. Or why reaching people with the gospel is such a challenge. Or why making a difference is such a challenge. Do you remember Moses? Moses, God said, I see my people, they're enslaved in Egypt, and I hear their cry, Moses. And Moses, I, I want to use you to deliver them. And Moses gives some excuses. As a matter of fact, we'll take a minute. Look at Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3. 
I'm just going to highlight the, the excuses. He says that while you're turning there, I'm reading verse 7. The Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them. Verse number 10. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Hey, there's a need. Moses saw the need, and God says, hey, I'm going to send you, Moses. What does Moses say? He says, sometimes like we, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? Why? Uh, I'm not sure that I'm the guy that should do it. By the way, God gives him a promise with all of these, and we're going to look at the promise that I think Mordecai was holding on to. He says, certainly I'll be with thee. Look at verse number 13, latter part of verse 13. What shall I say unto them? Pastor, if I go out and try to tell people about you, what am I going to say? You see, sometimes it's the same thing. What do I say to my neighbors? What, what do I say unto them? I don't know what to say. Look at excuse number three, chapter four and verse number one. Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. You know what? If I get out there and I try to communicate truth, they won't want to hear it. They're not. We, we talk ourselves out of this. We immediately come up with reasons why. God wants to use us in such a time as this to make a difference. Look at excuse number four, verse 10. By the way, I think all of Moses' excuses are, are true of all of us, myself included. But we've got to look beyond our excuse and look at the promise. I'll see that in a minute. And Moses said unto the Lord, verse 10 of chapter 4, I am not eloquent. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow speech. And he eventually says, can you send someone else? And God says, look, I'll send Aaron with you. God's gracious, isn't he? God didn't have to use Moses. God, because you know what, Moses? You're so full of yourself. Just forget it. I'm going to use Aaron, and you can follow Aaron and keep your mouth shut, and Aaron's a man. God can do whatever God wants to do, but he chooses to use us. And Mordecai is challenging Esther Esther, you're here for such a time, and she's immediately saying, well, we've got some challenges here. Go back to uh, Esther. He gives her three reasons why, why she should consider it. Verse 13, verse 12, And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, when there shall, when there sh when, then shall their enlargements and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? He gives her three reasons that she ought to consider. Number one, living in the palace, Esther, does not guarantee that you're going to be exempt from being killed because you're a Jew. You better think about that. Reason number three... I'm going to get to reason number two in a minute. Reason number three is, he says, maybe God brought you here, Esther, for such a time as this. Maybe, Esther, you're right where you are, and God has put you because God wants to use you to make a difference. But look at what he says, the second reason. He says this. Look at the middle of that verse. He says this, verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace, you don't say anything, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. You see, Mordecai, I'm convinced, was familiar with the Abrahamic covenant. 
It's found in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. I alluded to it earlier. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. I think Mordecai was very familiar that God would take care of his people. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Mordecai said this to Esther. Esther, all the Jews are going to be delivered. Because I've got a word from God. He told us to that. God's going to bring deliverance from some other way and not going to use you. You see, the truth of the word of God is so important. What caused Mordecai to be so confident? A promise. Now we think about the needs around us. And I'll conclude with, with a few of these thoughts. We think about the needs around us. The needs are great. But you know what the Bible tells us? John, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You see, God says in John 10, verse 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. You see, it's important for us not just to see the need, but to see what God's word says about the need. You see, God says the harvest truly is plenteous. The need is great, but the issue is the laborers are few. You see, God says go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Do you remember what God told the Apostle Paul? He was in Corinth in Acts chapter number 18. The need was great. The resistance was there in Corinth. And God told the Apostle Paul in Acts 18 and verse number 10, he says this. I'll read verse 9 too. Then speak the Lord to Paul by night in a vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee. No man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. You see, step number one for me to fulfill what God has for me to do in such a time as this is to see the needs. Step number two is for me to recognize how God's word relates to the need. You see, God wants to save. Do we believe that? God wants people walking in victory. God wants his name glorified. And when I've got truth to stand on, it's going to take me to the next step. Step three, we're not going to talk about it, but step three is I've got to seek the Lord. Because I've got to say, Lord, I, I see the need and I see what your word says. God, what do you want me to do? And Esther calls for a fast. In step number four, we'll see this. They sang about it this morning. Trust and obey. Step number four, I'm going to have to be willing to say I'm going to step out by faith, which is what Esther did when she went in to see the king. We'll talk about those two in a couple of weeks. But our question for us this morning is this. What about the need? It's easy for us to complain about it. We see the need. Maybe we need to ask God to break our hearts and give us a burden for the big picture. 
By the way, the little things that bug us and we complain about will all... And the things of earth will grow strangely, strangely dim in the light of His glorious grace. See the need. And then say, God, would you show me in your word how you want to meet this need? And then we're going to say, God, what do you want me to do? And then we're going to say, God, by your grace, I'm going to step out by faith. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, thank you for this story.